This podcast is a podcast radio original. Alan Schrott, Senior Director of Music Products from Xperi, telling us about how the car will connect. Thanks. Hello. <clears throat> um, great to be here. Nice to see you all. Um, as you just heard, we're here to talk about the connected car and how it intersects with the world of podcasting and also in this context with the world of broadcast radio, which is of course very central to the car. Um, if you're not familiar with Xperi, that's for good reason because it's really just a house of brands, but you may know DTS Audio. It's both an encoding format and a sound reproduction technology, especially in the car and on televisions. HD Radio, which is of course the domestic digital radio technology. Uh, and a couple of broadcast technologies, AIM and RAPID, one which does uh, application development and catalog management for radio, and the other which does real-time encoding and metadata enhancement for broadcast. Lastly, we also include TiVo, which is actually where I come from. And as you just heard, my job title actually is related to music. But the reason for that is that TiVo, although it's an old television brand, has a long lineage and a lot of technology around metadata, especially music metadata, video, uh, and also around personalization, search, recommendation, and discovery. And it is those teams, technologies, and platforms that we have rolled into the automotive team within Xperia as part of DTS AutoStage, which is our new digital platform for the connected car, so that we can begin to address a lot of what you've just heard about, discoverability, ease of consumption, and just the general user experience in the connected vehicle as it becomes more and more uh, deployed over the coming years. So that's why I am here. That's my background. All right, so at the risk of retreading a lot of material, I'm gonna briefly give you an insight into why we're doing this. So the purpose of these market slides is not to tell you, who I suspect mostly know more about podcasting than I do, about the podcast market, but to tell you what has motivated our approach to how we want to deal with podcasts in the connected car. So the first is that according to the data we have aggregated, it is simply a growing business and you want to address a growing format. It's still small, as Paul said, it's still niche, but our projections show steady growth both in listeners and in revenue over the coming years. That's a fundamental assumption behind why we're doing this. The second is that revenue associated, even though it is growing incrementally, is still minute compared to traditional broadcast formats like radio and especially television. And that's because, of course, the audience is a lot smaller still, but it's also because podcasts are extremely ineffectively monetized. Um, that's because the infrastructure isn't there, the monitoring and measurement technologies aren't there, and it's still an emerging business when it comes to who's gonna pay for advertising, how you're gonna measure the return on that investment, all of the associated things that drive the advertising business. So we see this as an opportunity for the connected car to help the podcast industry do better in all of those ways. Of course, as everyone who's recently spoken has said, you've heard a lot about podcast discovery today, but another really fundamental assumption behind what we're doing is that it, it is a problem that needs an elegant solution. Most people find their podcast by Googling. That's of course something you can't do behind the wheel of a car, at least not if you intend to get there safely. And most everything else 
is through social connections, either a personal recommendation or something that you see on social media. There is not yet a robust tech-driven but human feeling mechanism for finding the content that is relevant to your interests in a seamless and effective way. So we feel strongly that we should address that. And then lastly, just focusing on the lower left-hand quadrant here, the discovery problem is only going to get worse because the podcast catalog is growing incredibly fast. Um, based on what we've seen from 2018 to 2020, saw nearly 60% growth in the catalog just in the US alone. So if you extrapolate, it's gonna get harder and harder for podcasters to find their audience and harder and harder for people to find the podcast they wanna hear because unless it's famous, unless your friend has heard it, unless somebody posts about it on Instagram or Facebook, you're simply not going to know about it. So this is highly motivating for us. Lastly, well not quite lastly, but there's no good standard measurement mechanism for listenership. There's some good ways to measure downloads, which aren't necessarily listens. There are some good ways to measure uh, subscription levels and other kinds of things. And there are lots of people attacking this problem, but holistically, there isn't right now a good way to see exactly how much of your content is being actually heard and consumed by an audience. We think we can help there too. And then lastly, this is not a podcast specific problem, but it is a problem that motivates us and our approach to the connected car. As the car becomes more IP enabled, more and more cellular data, more and more entertainment brought into the car over IP, the big tech companies are competing to be the platforms in the car. So Amazon, Google, to a lesser extent Apple and others. They want their OS, their entertainment platform, their discovery and consumption solutions to be the experience in the car. And for some auto manufacturers that makes sense because it means that they don't have to build it. But along with providing that experience, they keep all the data and they keep most of the money. <laughs> so they are the ones who will benefit from finding out who listens to your content. They're the ones who will primarily monetize that content. And in our opinion, the market needs a neutral platform that is not in it to collect all that for itself, but is rather there to benefit the consumer, the auto manufacturer who can build a branded experience that people like and that help them sell cars, and that also feeds back to content owners, broadcasters, and creators so that the entire ecosystem lifts all boats. So this is, this is highly motivating for us. All right, so now that I've told you why, let's get a little bit into what we are setting out to do right now. And in case you uh, need a reminder, this is why we built the AutoStage product. And again, AutoStage is just a name, but it is an entire suite of connected APIs that can be subscribed to by fleets of vehicles for the purposes of entertainment. It includes everything from uh, radio enhancement metadata, things like you know, now playing data, song lyrics, album art, um, but it also gets into sophisticated behaviors like pivoting back and forth from streaming into radio and vice versa, recommendations, personalization, all of that. But that's why we built this product. The main benefits we think we can bring are better discovery, easier, more detailed, more engagement with your audience, much finer measurement of consumption, and finally, 
monetization, which is a word I, as someone who came up as a musical artist, not in business, the word always makes me cringe, but let's face it, if you're making content for a living, you need to make a living, and we believe that the car, because it still represents, I think, 25, maybe 30% of podcast consumption. The biggest, the biggest venue is the home, but car is in second place behind that. We think that will only get bigger as the experience in the car gets better, as people aren't having to fumble around with their phones or you know, do other kinds of clunky things in order to listen to podcasts in the car, that it will become an ideal venue for simple things like pre-roll ads, which don't interrupt the content, and sponsored discovery, and other kinds of things that generate revenue for you, the content owner, as well as for the car platform and for the whole ecosystem. All right, so discovery. Apparently, so I showed up late and have to leave early, but apparently you've heard a lot about discovery today. But this is my bread and butter, and it's, it's the main reason why I've taken on the challenge of sort of spearheading this within the automotive platform at Xperia. Because we've done this for music, we've done this for video, we've done this for video games and books, and we believe we can bring all of that to podcasts. So what do you have now in the podcast sort of ecosystem? You have RSS feeds for the most part. You've got a title, you've got maybe some popularity metrics, maybe an indication of whether or not the content is explicit or adult. You've got a title of an episode and a description, and that's basically it. You have very little insight, unless you already know that podcast, into what the specific content of episodes is. You have very little granularity about categories and topics. You know, having something as high level as politics, for instance, is very unhelpful. You know, is it discussion of politics? Is it political content? Uh, if it is political content, does it skew in one ideological direction or the other? There's so much more granularity to be had to help you find what you want. But even more importantly, there's no way to know what's being talked about. If, if there are references to people, you should know that. If there are references to places and, and things, anything you want to know about, entities that are part of this content, we believe all of that should be indexed so that if you say are a Detroit Lions fan, which I am, um, and the Lions are a topic of discussion in a sports podcast you don't normally subscribe to or listen to, you at least have the opportunity to know that and to go to that specific episode and consume that content without necessarily having to find out about it from someone else or just divine that out of the ether. And we also think it's going to become increasingly important to offer people the ability to find specific segments of podcasts. And content owners don't like people to consume things piecemeal, but people sometimes would rather do that than do nothing. So if I'm faced with 15 minutes of an hour-long podcast that's extremely relevant to me and 45 minutes that's not, I'm unlikely to listen to that whole hour. But if somebody let me find that 15 minutes and listen to it, and especially if that listening drove a little bit of revenue back to the creator, I think it's a great thing for us to be getting into. And then finally, utilization of, of modern technology to accomplish all this. So right now, we are building this solution. I've seen concrete results, and it is extremely effective at doing everything that you see there. What are the concrete segments of, of subject within a larger episode? Who's being discussed? What's being discussed? How would you categorize this in the IAB taxonomy? 
all sorts of things. And once this gets fully fleshed out over the next 12 to 18 months, we, we will deploy it in the car, I think, to, to great effect. So what this will let us do is let you find content, not just search for a title, not just search for a host, but find what you're interested in. You wanna know who's podcasting about COVID-19 still? Maybe you could find Virology Today, which you wouldn't normally find, but they have an episode on it. Um, and it also allows us to start to build, for users that opt in for personalization in the car, profiles of consumption and taste, and to drive new content to them based on what we observe about their listening behavior. So you didn't search for this, but it's very similar to things that you like and things that you listen to, perhaps you would like this. And then of course, full personalization, which really is about bringing just content that's relevant to you, not to the rest of your family, not to people in general, not just that's popular, but onto the, onto the dashboard for, for you to use. So metadata essentially is the heart of, of all of this. But it only works in an environment that we call content first. So right now the car is mode driven. You get in the car, you select radio, you select satellite radio, you select a device that you've tethered by Bluetooth, you select an app, maybe a Spotify app, maybe something else. And it is the selection of that mode of consumption that dictates what content you have access to. And you have to do that. In our view and in our product, we are moving towards a world where what you see presented to you on an entertainment screen in the car is an amalgam of all of these things. So the radio content that's on right now, where you are, that's suitable for you, next to the podcasts that are available right now that are suitable to you, combined with streaming content that is applicable to you. And once you bring it all together like that, it gets a little uncomfortable, right? Because especially in the broadcast industry, they like to keep you there. And in the streaming industry, they like to keep you there. But it also locks people out. And it is my belief, and it is one of the fundamental assumptions behind this product, that if you like a podcast that is generated from a radio broadcaster, that we can drive people back to those broadcasts when they're in a tunable area where that broadcast is available and that people who are consuming content on streaming can find suitable content on local broadcast that matches and vice versa. So by putting all of these different options in front of someone in a, in a nicely tailored way, you give them access to what they want rather than forcing them to choose how they want to get it and therefore cutting entire swaths of the experience out. In my own experience, listening to a podcast in the car is primarily about fumbling with a phone. I don't like to do it. So if I have to stop, pull off the road, find a podcast, tether my phone, start it playing, put the phone down and go, I'm, not, I'm just not gonna do it. Some people like it, I don't. But if it was right in front of me natively on the dash, I would absolutely do it. So I touched on personalization and monetization. And this is really where it all comes together. So what you see visualized here is a conceptual version of what we actually do today. And our, to be clear, our solution is deployed globally already. It just doesn't look like this because car manufacturers make their own. They make their own style, their own visual format, their own user experience. But what you see is exactly what I just discussed, that 
You know, you've got two people here. You've got Joshua, you've got Kathy. Um, and each of them has different taste profiles. They're both using the same vehicle, but by getting in and being identified as the occupant or the driver, they get different content presented to them based on what our system has observed them doing over time and what's available to them right now. And as you see, it's a blend of radio stations that are tunable, specific podcasts that are available, specific radio programs that are on, and some consumable uh, IP-delivered streaming content that, that matches that profile. And in this kind of environment, the choice goes away and the options come forward. And I'm deliberately using those words, which are kind of synonymous, but nobody had to say, I think it's radio today, or I think it's a podcast today. It's just, these are things I like, this is what I'll choose. And we think that's a much more seamless experience, and we think it will benefit the podcast industry because right now, unless you specifically decide you want a podcast, you're not going to hear a podcast. We think we can drive people into podcasts through this kind of design approach. And then lastly, it allows for monetization. Right? Sadly, ads are apparently the way everybody monetizes these days. Um, I know I don't you know, like to listen to every... 15 second ad that comes on before a YouTube video, but it's an extremely effective monetization mechanism. And if it's done in a way that doesn't disrupt the content once it starts to play, and you still have the host read ads and things, we believe there's a substantial opportunity to monetize podcasts in the automotive platform and drive revenue back to the creator, to the car manufacturer, and maybe keep a tiny bit for ourselves. Um, but that, that's the way we're looking at, at monetization for podcasts. Another nice thing we can do in the car is link through metadata podcasts and their on-the-air equivalents. This, this happens to be a, an Australian radio show. I just like the picture for some reason. But if you're in the tunable area for a radio station, you would be able to see that radio networks available podcasts as a dedicated subset. So you're tuned to NPR, what NPR podcasts are available? You're tuned to, this is probably ABC in, uh, in Australia, what podcast content do they offer? And then eventually once we get to the show level, you would be able to just see you know, what podcasts go with the show. But it could also drive you back to an over-the-air version. Um, it, it, it travels both ways. But we think that's a really powerful way to drive people to podcasts. Because let's face it, radio listening happens primarily in the car. You're in the car only when you need to go somewhere. A lot of radio content that you like is on when you're not listening. In, in my mind, podcast and catch-up radio essentially become synonymous in that situation. And it just gives you access to what you missed or what you may want to go back to in a way that is really seamless and, and requires very little distraction on the part of the driver. And so this, I'm sort of burying the lead here, but this is huge. So the last thing that having a podcast solution deployed natively in a vehicle can do is give absolutely unprecedented visibility into usage back to the content owner and the creator. So what you're looking at is real data generated by our connected automotive platform from January to September of this year. And what's on the graph right now is, is simply a heat map of activity. A car 
in this place hit our API to do something. And you can see globally where that activity level is high, where it's low, where it's emerging, but it's essentially everywhere. However, this is just everything. If you, as a network, as a content owner, as a creator, have access to data about just your content, imagine, imagine you're a radio station in Austin, Texas, and you think all of your listeners are local, but you see data that shows you have listeners in the UK or in South Africa or in New Zealand, I think you're gonna to wanna to know that, right? Because it informs your approach to content, it informs your approach to advertising, but more importantly, it gives you real data, at least in the car, for exactly what was consumed. So you can go to your advertising partners and you can say, I don't know about mobile, I don't know about people on their smart speakers, but in the connected vehicle, I guarantee you, because I have hard numbers, I have two million listeners spread across these geographies, and that is a way to secure advertising in a way that requires no guessing, no assumptions, it's just hard data. And even better, it's all anonymous and GDPR compliant, so we're not spying on anybody. We're just capturing activity. Um, and so in this sense, everybody wins. And that, I believe, is that. That podcast was a podcast radio original. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.